Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. Our guest today is interior designer and decorator Emily C. Butler. Emily is based in New York City and creates spaces that are beautifully grounded in tradition with a modern lightness. She's been featured in House Beautiful, as well as multiple design books, such as Elements of Family Style by one of our favorite podcast guests, Erin Gates. She's designed everything from family homes to petite New York apartments. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, guys. I love being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Yes. Emily was sharing with us already that she has listened to us. So she knows us already. We're BFs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're all pals now. Old towels, that's for sure. Yeah. It's perfect. Just yeah. perfect for this. It was perfect for like a nice long walk. So um, you and my friends, def- I mean, oh. for a long time, but definitely during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to finally see you as friends. Yeah. Yeah. You guys um, too. This is so fun. Yeah. So let's talk about how you got started in interior design, because I understand that you started your career path in a totally different direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think kind of like many of your guests, you know, um, design can be kind of a windy road. So I um, I started off my career in a um, real estate finance role in Texas and um, eventually found myself after graduating from college, I moved from Dallas to Houston. And during that time, one of my good girlfriends and I, um, we had started a blog back when everybody had a blog, you know, and anyhow, um, <laughs> all the cool people had blogs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so while we should have been doing our real jobs, we were busy. Um, you know, we we just had we both loved interior design and had kind of started a blog together. I don't think I had ever knew that design could be a career path, and so I think once um, blogs and all that kind of stuff became a little bit more accessible, it was a way to sort of understand that maybe there was a different career out there for me. After the craziness of 2008, I sort of had a wake-up call and realized I needed to make a change in my life and ended up moving to New York from Houston and went to Parsons and just did a complete, I just went for it. So, and <laughs> you know, why, why take a baby step when you can just, you know, turn your life upside down? Dive so, on in. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. It's been great and it's been, it's interesting because I've been here now 10 years and I didn't even think about it this year. I always kind of have like my New York anniversary and, but it's been 10 years here. So it's been great. Congratulations. That's a big one. A whole decade. Yeah. It feels crazy. I was like, maybe I subconsciously wasn't trying to think about this year because it was such a big one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I I just kind of made a big change, but it it, it was kind of over time, but yeah, it was, it was a big switch. Well, we have obviously researched you and dove into your work (laughs) and have just loved seeing the palette and the, I'm going to call it preppiness, very (laughs) clean and preppy and happy spaces. Oh, thank you. How would you describe it, Liz? Well, I think what sets your rooms (laughs) apart is like they're, they're very traditional, but they're still like, there's a beautiful openness 
to your rooms that I feel like is just waiting for your clients to start layering in their own collections and and everything into into your spaces. You do such a great job with color and yeah, and being li- really restrained with color, which I think is really beautiful. I think that's where some of the preppiness comes in. I think that Taryn's speaking of because I'm mm-hmm. seeing like a lot of light tones and pastels mixed with brighter colors. So what what do you think about when you are putting patterns and colors together? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's so funny listening to how other people kind of summarize your work because <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because some people will say, I, you know, I really, you know, I love color, but I'm scared of it. Or I really love this color or I really listen mm-hmm. to the client and try to get an understanding, but also try to tell them what I think will be successful. I think it's easy to go with what you know, and but that isn't always why you hire a designer. So I really do try to push people within their comfort zones, but to sort of understand what colors can work for them. But I am a lover of color. I wouldn't say my work is not preppy. <laughs> um, so there's, there's definitely a little bit of that too. But you know, different clients, I haven't, you know, it'd be fun to photograph some of the stuff that I'm working on now because you know, clients push you in different directions and that's been super uh-huh. fun and you kind of evolve with them. And I'll have a client come back from, say we did a quote unquote preppy house and they've really evolved in their design style. And it's kind of mm-hmm. fun to like grow with them and figure out like, well, what's yeah. working now and what's working in this house and, or this apartment and really figure that out. So I probably didn't answer your question, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, how have they changed? I want to know, yeah, like how have they changed? Because it's such a neat concept to think about as you have essentially taught them within them living in those spaces. Yeah. And with that, they've probably found new interest in it. Mm-hmm. And within that too, growth. Yeah. And so are they going like deeper, moodier, or just more wild off the wall things? all this stuff is such a big commitment and we're not trying to like redo things every other year or something. So these are kind of (laughs) big shifts. And I feel like, you know, I think when some people decorate for the first time, it's you kind of go with what feels comfortable and what you know. So that might be a reaction to like where you grew up. Maybe you grew up Mm -hmm. in a very traditional home and that feels super comfortable because you know what you like and but I also think the internet's a slippery slope because there's so much inspiration <laughs> out there. But I think, you know, it's really nice to have clients say, you know, I just didn't even know this existed. Like, I didn't even know that was out there. And so I think working together, you might push them a little bit outside of their comfort zone on the first project. And mm-hmm. then maybe on the next one, you know, they realize, I really do love that, but I've kind of changed too. You know, like I've adjusted and mm-hmm. my style's changed and I realize there are all these things out there that I don't know that I've maybe necessarily appreciated before and they're kind of willing to push those boundaries. So it's it's kind of fun. It's fun to watch your own style evolve. And I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have spoken to that on your own, um, you know, your trials and triumphs and oh, your yeah. own decorating projects. So it's interesting to hear. But I think the internet's actually helpful for that in a lot of ways because you see a lot of stuff. Yeah, you definitely have moments where you're like, wait a second, can Mm -hmm. I do that in my space? Yeah. 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 And you you grow with that compared to, like you said, how you grew up. And Mm -hmm. because I was actually wondering if you had noticed when you started in New York, did you bring that Texas, like, big 
stateness to your <laughs> yeah. little New York <laughs> apartment. Yeah. I know not everything is bigger in New York. I yeah, did yeah, that. that's, that's <laughs> certainly true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. So, you know, my friend Liz and I, the one that wrote the, we wrote the blog together. Mm-hmm. I remember we got invited to the Nate Berkus show where they did a blogger audience. This is like a million years ago now. But they told us to wear bright colors and, you know, so show up on TV. And so we show up wearing like the most outrageous, like printed dresses. And then all the New Yorkers there were in black or like light gray. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, oh. (laughs) And so they so they thought, you know, it's just funny. It's like a I still, you know, I just I think that's my comfort. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of displaced Texans in New York. A lot of my clients are actually Texans and. But not everybody, you know, people just, Mm -hmm. I think some people really respond to color and other people don't. And that's, that's totally fine. There's room for everybody and it's your home. You should do what you want. But I I will say I do love color and I try to be a little bit restrained and I try to listen to my clients though. So it doesn't feel garish or over the top. It just feels kind of happy and a friendly environment to be in. So I've got a question. So you've done some great things with small spaces Mm -hmm. and I know including your own small petite apartments 325 square feet I think oh yeah that's several apartments ago yeah okay yeah (laughs) yeah we we dug we dug that one out on apartment therapy oh great (laughs) but so how are you how are you so you you lived in a shoebox yeah right (laughs) yeah but how are you able to pack so much into a small space like how do you how do you tackle that New York, everybody, it's all relative, right? So like, it's not a great big house in Texas or Atlanta. And so you really have to be careful and strategic about space planning and make sure that the items you pick are number one, appropriate for the room. They'll fit in the service elevator, <laughs> number one, actually. And and also just that they can kind of do double duty for you. So they're not, I think a lot of decorating in larger places where there are larger homes like Texas or Atlanta and mm-hmm you end up with a lot of negative space. It's more about flow and airiness. And I think New York is sort of like, you're trying to toe the balance of, well, I need to get all these things done in this small amount of space. And how can I be really thoughtful about it? So there's, I mean, I think there's just a little bit more planning that goes into it. And it's also interesting because it really does spill over to a lot of a lot of my suburban clients. I have a couple of clients and active clients in Texas and one of them, they live in a not small, but relatively speaking again, a smaller home for and they have a family of five. And at first they were considering moving and I said, you know what, I think we can make this work for you. And over the years we've done like room by room by room and I've they've been convinced that this house is great for them. And it's funny because they're actually building a garage apartment, sort of mother-in-law suite and kid hangout. And and it's so cool because it's like a little efficiency apartment in New York plopped down on somebody's garage in Texas. So I'm like the perfect designer for it. <laughs> um, you so are. It's, it's been super fun. Yeah. I think you just, you become really savvy about not wasting circulation space. You're just a little bit more careful. And a lot of these pre-war apartments were designed like that. They're really thoughtful. There's certain things, certain constraints that are in New York that are not in other places, but it's a fun exercise trying to squeeze it all in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what are some takeaways that even us with our our massive homes (laughs) in the city or in Atlanta, um, in the South, what are some great takeaways that you have done recently with these small spaces? Is there any like tips or tricks you've done? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say kind of a rule of thumb is, one rule of thumb is that small furniture in small rooms looks really small. It looks a little bit strange. So I would say one tip that isn't necessarily intuitive is that it's better to have fewer well-skilled pieces than a bunch of small furniture in a small room because it'll just feel a little bit kind of thrown together versus well thought out. So if you plan it and you draw it out and you make sure all the the clearances work, then I always suggest going for well-skilled pieces and fewer of them. So that's, that's a tip and a trick. And then also like a lot of times I have nine foot ceilings in my apartment. A lot of your real estate is vertical. So figuring out storage that isn't necessarily, isn't on the floor, isn't It doesn't have to be a traditional built-in. You know, I just went to a client's apartment and we're working on her daughter's very small shoebox room. And we just talked about putting some bookshelves up high. They don't return to the floor, but they're off the shelf and they're good for keepsakes and things that maybe she's not accessing all the time. But I see, Liz, you have a beautiful bookshelf wall behind you. And so that may may or may not work. And, but we could do half of that or to, you know, the top third and still get a lot of storage out of the space and just really play up the vertical storage. That's so smart mm-hmm. because ev- every <laughs> square inch counts in in small spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I will uh, say it's, I mean, it's a little bit smoke and mirrors. You know, you look at all these beautiful images and stuff, but people are real. People have play mats out and toys and all the stuff that families have and just the stuff that comes with real life. And the, I think the trick is sort of being careful about what stuff you bring in, making sure you have a place for the stuff you really, really need and really, really want. And otherwise having stuff rotate out, like it just, it doesn't live any longer than it has to in your home. Only the stuff that's really intentional and you really love and need to have. I was wondering too about kind of, because this is something that still frustrates me is like the drop zone Mm -hmm. and everybody has it. And I know even Obviously, New York apartments have to have an even smaller drop zone. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips or tricks for like that area? And I'm talking about the mail and the bags. You walk in the door with 12 things. Mm -hmm. And what do do you do? Yeah. I mean, that is a tricky one because depending on how your apartment, if we're kind of talking in apartment language, some apartments have elevator foyers. So you can kind of take advantage of that to some degrees. If you're in a full service building, they'll deliver your mail to your floor or to your, so you have sort of a drop zone outside of your apartment, which is super, super helpful, but that's not true for all apartments. So if you don't Mm -hmm. have a shared elevator foyer, then you are walking into your apartment and it can be tricky because it's tight and you might have, like you said, 12 bags and all your mail and 17 boxes and whatever it is. So <laughs> it's, it, is, it, is, it is difficult. So I would say it kind of depends on what space you have available. And I mean, to the extent possible, it's, it's also helpful. You know, you can design around certain things, but I would say part of moving into a new apartment too is sort of resetting how you live a little bit and kind of training yourself to the space you have because we can only solve so many problems, right? Like, but I can't, (laughs) I can't help if you can't fit an entry table. So things like that, you know, so we try to make it as, as easy as possible with the space you have. I mean, some of it is sort of like training yourself to do, to act a little bit differently. And, but otherwise I Mm -hmm. think trying to create space that really, I mean, it's so hard to avoid clutter and things like that, but at least if it's, kind of squarely in your apartment, then you can kind of sort through things and then have your own system for getting rid of the catalogs when you're done with them and that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so what's what's your favorite room to to tackle? That's really tough. I mean, I have to say I like all the spaces and it's really fun. You know, apartment living's kind of nice too because it's not as overwhelming as furnishing an entire house. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you think about like a big apartment in New York is a small house somewhere else. So it's not as mm-hmm. overwhelming in terms of like the amount of things you have to purchase. So if it works out this way, it's really, really fun to work with clients on the entire design of their space because it could really flow. But if I had to pick like one or two spaces, I mean, living spaces are really fun and also kids' spaces. I think, you know, a lot of times that's sort of like how people dip their toe in the water with decorating is they're starting a family and they've never really had to do anything with their space. And then all of a sudden they want a special space for their child. It may have been another room that they were using. So they're trying to figure out, well, now we don't have a home office. This needs to be a nursery, but we still need a home office space. And that's where it starts, your (laughs) wheels start turning. And I think kids spaces can be really fun because I think then the client really starts thinking about all the other space and how can can we make the rest of the apartment really work for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed a lot in your spaces that you use really great wallpapers and super and fabrics and aren't afraid to mix these really fun patterns together. That's really pretty fantastic. What are you thinking about when you are putting these patterns together? Um, Well, I mean, I selfishly (laughs) do love wallpaper, so I'm glad that people are more comfortable using it. And I think it just creates such like a nice first layer for any space. It's a little bit less flat than having just a painted wall. And especially in a smaller space where you kind of have a cohesive design, it really can help things sort of mesh together really nicely. So I guess sometimes when I first meet with a client, like maybe on our second or third meeting, I'll just bring sort of a curated bag of fabrics and wallpapers. And we literally do kind of a yes, no, like, I love this. I don't like this. And then people always have kind of funny associations with things. They're like, oh, this reminds me of X, Y, and Z. Or, mm-hmm. And it's always something like kind of like kind of hilarious. So that you start noticing trends. People, I think there are two camps of people, some like muddy backgrounds, some like really clean and bright backgrounds. And so that rules out like a whole group of fabrics and wallpaper. So you start kind of noticing trends of what people like, and mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of zone in on, well, if you like this, you're going to like that. Yeah. So I, I kind of like send it in, you know, I try for it to be a little bit organic and work from what the client's saying so that I can make my best recommendation, but I want them to sort of react and tell me, like, I really love this. And usually there's something that somebody really latches onto and they're like, I just love this. And that's really fun. It's a really fun starting point. That's got to be really great. I love that idea of just having a whole bunch of samples in your hand to just Mm -hmm. kind of touch and feel and to get Mm -hmm. those to get those instant reactions from your clients. That's really that's really brilliant. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, it's so great, like, you know, your company offers samples that you can order online. And I think that's so helpful. It's it's such a tactile business. You can't you can look online for sure, but you you really have to touch and feel it and make sure it goes and just check through things. So I would say just the seeing it in real life is so different than like a digital image or even an item in a room because photography can sort of change the way things really look. Oh, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even what you imagine it's going to be. Because exactly. I mean, yeah. so I, I ran down to our store and I grabbed every color grass cloth you can imagine, mm-hmm. wallpaper, <laughs> <laughs> and and stuck it up on my walls. And now I'm realizing that 
Oh, is that what's in your background? Yeah, that's Up that's what's in my yeah. background behind my gallery wall. Oh, I see but, it now. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was part so I'm of trying to figure that all all of that out. And I'm realizing that they're not living up to my expectations. So now I've got to reroute. But mm-hmm. so have the colors have, you mean? Yeah, the colors of the grass cloth. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm working I'm working through it. I'm yeah. I think it. Emily Sorry has to a good just one like on... throw in a trial and triumph in there. But um, Emily has but... a good kitchen in one of her images. The blue tile one, white cabinetry, and then the blue oh, uh the little inset. Coventry. What's Coventry? A banquette. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we I'm have one do... of those coming this week at one of my projects. So Oh, oh, oh fun. Fun. yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't there grass cloth behind that one? A uh, natural grass cloth? Or is it textured paper? I think if I'm thinking of the right kitchen, is it kind of a yeah. neutral color? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, um, actually I use a lot of like faux vinyl grass cloth. Um, it looks oh. super good. Mm-hmm. Somebody recommended that before because they were saying it's great for kitchens and stuff for mm-hmm. little handprints. Yeah. I have it in my kitchen and um, I love it. Nice. I think it's, it's kind of nice like the... I know you guys are fans of Sophie Donaldson, and she has her mm-hmm. whole um, kind of unkitchen idea. And I think it's just kind of nice. It feels a little bit more cozy and less like a, it's part of your home. And so, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have to feel like only a task space. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think I think that kind of helps with stuff like that. It warms it up a little. Have you ever ordered, like, some really cute dress or something online, and then you get it, and you touch it, and you're like, Oh dear. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Uh, I think I know why that was uh, yeah, way on in my sale budget. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the mm-hmm. same for fabrics and wallpapers oh. though too. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same for so many of the textiles. Or you see a gorgeous throw or something and then mm-hmm. you like again you touch it and you're like, Nope. Yeah. I will not put you on my body. So yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a, it's such a great resource and mm-hmm. I'm in kind of the same boat to your point. Yeah, I have I can look at images again and like, okay, so I'm loving green. But mm-hmm. until I walk into a paint store and get the sample and put it in my house, like you're doing, Liz, and like live within the light, mm-hmm. it really feels like I'm just keeping like, it's a green. Just wait, it's a green. And my husband's like, what green? We need to know what is act green. And I'm like, I got to go. I got to go and explore all the greens. Yeah. Well, and also, are you, do you like acidic greens or do you like right? blue greens or do you like really dark moody greens? I mean, you know, it's. it's I'm fl- with you. Slippery he just slope. thinks green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So green. many good options. You know, I was going to ask about, or you have fantastic lamps in most of your projects. Great lamps. Oh, thank you. You have this one with little bugs on it and it's in like a few different shots. That is adorable. Yeah. It's such a cutie. It's so funny because I found that for a client and we put it in, her daughter was sort of, we had switched her room around. So she moved from one room when they had a third child. And anyway, it was a whole switcheroo thing and she got a big glow up in her um, in her room. So we found these like adorable lamps. And then I've had like so many clients request them. So I, I try not to like, redo stuff uh-huh, but you don't want to but everybody just loves it or or they're really like their child is like no way <laughs> you know oh like gosh. usually usually the little girl's like I don't think so so anyway <laughs> if we can <laughs> if we can slip it in there then I think that's great but it's such a cute one yeah that's a oh fun my gosh one. so cute <laughs> it, you had so many little playful details on your lights and even some of the sconces you had had some great paper shades yeah. and you've played it up too with in one of your projects you have like all these different blues and then you did a was it a massive sconce on the wall? Because it, it hangs like a chandelier. 
over the table. Oh, yeah. So that and it's a bright blue metal shade. It's actually lacquer, funny enough. Lacquer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just like again, your eye goes straight there because it's it's the bright blue and everything mm-hmm. else is this gorgeous play of little blues and patterns, mm-hmm. like Liz was saying, um, layered, 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 and then that pop. And it's coming is that a tap it is like a massive sconce. Yeah, like a boom, so, a boom sconce. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big it's like an arc light. Yeah. So okay, it, um, okay. So that was that building was built kind of in the 50s, I think. I don't know the exact date, but Uh a lot of those buildings in New York, they have concrete ceilings and they have shorter ceiling heights. So like more Uh like your eight foot, your typical more eight foot ceilings. And Uh you sometimes cannot move light locations unless you drop the ceiling further. So it was a problem solved, but it was also just like a super fun problem solved. We we found the light and then you know, initially it had more of an industrial feel. So we added the shade mm-hmm. and kind of made it their own, which which really worked out. It was a fun, they were, su- they were super fun clients. They were not bothered by not having your traditional chandelier. So that was a really neat way to solve that problem. <laughs> Y'all have to go on her website and see it because it's in her Upper East Side apartment one. And the other part that you did so well is it's a dining living room combo room like one big room and you've made a table on one side with the cool boom arc light and then mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, a nice little sitting area um, with the big sofas. But you've also used two separate rugs to kind of to separate the spaces too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was such a great, they work together, but they were totally separate type of rugs. I feel like I would have messed that up. Uh, well, it was a little tricky. And honestly, we added the, so the dining room we added, that has, we found a cool antique rug for that space. And the, mm-hmm. these clients kind of like, they, they're they really fun because they like everything. That you show them mm-hmm. something modern, they love it. You show them something traditional, they're into it. So you'll see like China along with all this kind of modern stuff also. They like it all. And it was really fun to kind of play up both sensibilities. So we had beetle chairs, with which are kind of more modern by nature. And then we added that antique rug. And then all of their furniture was a little bit more, kind of struck a balance. But they, it took a minute to figure it out. But I think it, they kind of sing together. Yeah, that was that was a fun one for sure. No, I really, I, I thought that space was really fun. And you could tell too, I think mm-hmm. to your point though, in your work, you can tell that those clients are different than someone else. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I feel like not every... I'm not designing for me. I will definitely tell you what I think will work best, but it's not my home. <laughs> so I want you to be happy, and I, but I want it to be successful. I want it to work for them and for it to make them happy. You also love a contrast welt, which oh. we're big fans of. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to the contrast welt people. Yeah. Yeah, you're over that antique rug under that dining table that we were just speaking of. You have like these beautiful blue chairs and they have such a fantastic little trim on them. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's like a natural leather welt. They're really sharp. They're really cool chairs. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's a leather welt. Uh huh. So yeah, that's so sharp. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, a, and I I, I can't remember who so I was cool. listening to. Yeah, they were. I think they were mentioning they use leather welts too a couple shows ago, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, I like those for the same reason. You know, they're very tailored. A lot of people don't like the fuss of a lot of. Not everybody's into fringe and bell fringe and all that kind of stuff. And I think leather is a little bit more approachable and it definitely wears well with a family. So you don't get kind of like the missing pom pom or whatever. So it, you yeah. know, it can really, it can really stand a beating. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Man, I think between 
cats, dogs, children, a pom pom doesn't stand a chance on a pillow. Yeah, like, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, unless it really it's like doesn't. a secondary spot, or you're okay with, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've I have quite a few with pom poms. When when pom poms hit pillows, I was in deep. Yeah, and yeah. so I have sewn. <laughs> quite a few back into place. Oh yeah. So. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to commit though. You know, if you love it, then go for it. And certain things aren't like completely permanent. So it's not the, not the end of the world. Oh, if you yeah. have to sew a pom-pom back on. So <laughs> a little de- Yeah. But the leather trim is such a great, it's kind of one of those things, even when you're picking upholstery, it's good to realize leather is a great option in places. And, and even mm-hmm. to your point, the faux grass cloth and in places that are like workhorse places that again, you want to have that texture and that look, but like it needs to be able to be licked or like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you off. can like wipe it down, you know, like if you want to put a sponge it off or whatever, then you can do that. So yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on now? Are there any projects you can talk about? Yeah, absolutely. I just, some clients just moved into their space. As everybody knows, there's a lot of pressure on the industry right now with um, shipping and supply shortages and labor shortages and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So everything's been a little bit harder, but it's been a lot of fun to sort of wrap up a lot of, so hard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to wrap up a lot of these COVID era projects that mm-hmm. were sort of starting during or percolating anyway during coronavirus shutdowns. And so those are all kind of wrapping up. And yeah, I mean, there are a lot of trying to think of something to sp- specific to tell you, but there are lots of family homes and renovations and people are saying New York's dead, but I can assure you it is not because <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, if you uh, want to be an interior designer. I miss New York. Yeah. I miss it so bad right now. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those places. That's such a good beat. And yeah. again, I think I've just been at home too long. I'm like, mm, oh, everybody's give me a itching. good street. Right. Yeah. 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 Good vendor hot dog that I don't like, but I yeah. tend to eat it because it's <laughs> part of being here. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am. I do. I miss it. I miss it. I miss the even like, to your point, all the, just seeing all the fashion and even mm-hmm. even just the cleanness and the fall. Oh, I bet it's so nice right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of getting there. So we're always a little mm. bit later than kind of the leaf peakers upstate or whatever. So we're we're getting there though. So it's it's cooling down and the temperatures are a little better. And you know, I love New York, so it's been. I don't mind being here any time of year, but the um, it's a beautiful time to be here. That's for sure. Have you discovered any like cool new shopping spots this year? Like any anything new or like that you're still loving for interiors? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been a little bit tricky because, you know, I think a lot of retail has suffered mm-hmm. quite a bit. So it's it's been challenging, but it has kind of brought to light how fragile all of that is and how careful we should all be about supporting the local vendor when you can, because it's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> the last thing you want is for another bank to go in on the corner when you had your like cool little home store, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it's there are still plenty of great pockets and actually new people popping up. You know, it's kind of an opportunity as rents kind of took a dive. I've started to see people building out, and so I'll be curious to see the new vendors that kind of pop up in New York and take advantage of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think. Also, I love a hunt, so I'm always vintage shopping and trying to find. Mm -hmm. It's also like 
the way of the world right now. I, you know, if I can recover it's, a chair in four weeks instead of yeah, <laughs> um, waiting, yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah. I was wondering how that goes, because right now, to your point, it's that is really again, if you if you're if someone's thirsty for product and right now we all know that the supply chain problems continue yeah to your point finding an old chair Mm -hmm. with clients how do you work that in are you just like all right i can't get this chair but let's go shopping and then sometimes i mean i for some things i think it's helpful to leave a few things up to chance especially as it comes to like accessories and Mm -hmm. um, maybe like side tables and There's a lot of stuff that can be really nice to sort of wait on and see what you find. Mm -hmm. So, but there's also like, I went to my local Habitat Restore and I found Mm -hmm. like a great English roll arm chair that just needed a freshening up and it was 25 bucks. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. So a fraction of the cost. I mean, you still have to recover it, but you know, so... I'm I'm always a fan of sort of we weren't committed to the new upholstery at that point and it was so similar to the one they had selected that we just mm-hmm. s- switched gears and so I think there's there's always a little room for that and especially like in a primary space where you really kind of want to get settled in first so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a push to find something that we could do a little bit faster than your typical lead time but also, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of other designers have said this too, but actually Ballard's lead times have gotten significantly better. So I'm excited about using more Ballard product. And I feel like for things that I know a lot of other designers have said this too, like if you can buy something that's sort of available now, but just recover the seat, like a dining chair or mm-hmm. something like that, you can mm-hmm. kind of do like a little hybrid of, it's not fully custom, but it has your fabric mm-hmm. on it. So I think little kind of tweaks to your design plan can kind of make it doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had, what's been your best vintage find recently? I think that chair was pretty good. And then I saw, mh- um, I found, good. yeah, I found like a quill box. The ones that kind of have, nope. they look a little bit, I, I can look at, I can see it right here from where I am. Um, <laughs> it's, it has kind of um, like a natural quill side box with bone inlay around it. And I've seen them in like beautiful antique shops and it was also mm-hmm. at the Restore for $25. Oh my gosh, um, that I was, love the that Restore. That was a good find. Yeah, I love it. And then I also like, my kitchen light fixture was from a vintage store in Houston and I shifted back to myself. I just always love that kind of stuff. I love finding mm-hmm. frames because framing can be so expensive. So I'll find a vintage frame and then use that and just get a new mat and new glass. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of help art not look all, you get more variety, you know, in your framing mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, a lot oh, that's of- That's good for when you do the walls with all the frames too, if you want to mm-hmm. like mix them. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. But I do love a, I do love a good find. I'm trying to think what else mm, I found recently. Nothing's better than that feeling, that find feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. And again, I'm sure everybody who's seen that box too, you've been like, by the way, guess what? Guess where I got it? Guess how yeah. much? <laughs> and I'm also so not cool. I'm like, guess how much it was, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> There's no mystery None around of- here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost offended if you didn't tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, what about you guys? What's your favorite? Oh. What have you found recently? If you're in, if you like the restores and stuff, anything fun? I have been hitting Instagram folks that do, that do resale mm-hmm. and Ooh. have been finding like lots of fun little brass sitabouts and, mm-hmm. and bookends. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. You, is that your newest collection? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. it is actually. Because there, well, there are a million, there are a million doors in my yeah. house, and I need to prop them open. So mm-hmm. I'm getting like swan bookends and like crazy things like that. Oh, and you see yeah. those door stops? Cute. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have thought of it. There you go. A client of mine has a cute needlepoint. I think, I don't know if it was a family member, but I think they needlepointed like a little cover over like a brick or something. And that's her doorstop. And it has, she has a couple of them. They're so cute. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty adorable too. I just know needlepoint's hot right now, so. (laughs) (laughs) Granny chic, right? Granny chic, that's right. "Mm, mm, I know. I can't even think about what my recent find is. So I'm doing terrible. But I'm at a weird point right now because I'm like. Love your building. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting fixtures. Mm -hmm. You're getting. I did find. You're getting big things like front doors. Yeah. There was some furniture I got from that rehab. You know, it was just one of these like places that was garbage dump, essentially, Mm -hmm. that they open up the garage door and they've just kind of like lined it all up in there. Found some. I did definitely got an armoire from there. It was fantastic. So um, oh, I needed exciting. a little, a little uh, love in mm-hmm. the sense of like fixing a few things. But like, yeah, it was pretty. So maybe that was my best one recently. Well, would you help us with a decorating dilemma? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, this one is from Tara, and she writes, Hello, ladies. Your podcast has really changed the way I look at my house and has helped me to implement some design ideas that have made my whole family happy. I enjoy listening and learning from you and your fantastic guests each week. Based on that success, my sister has asked me to apply what I've learned to her new home. We have completely different styles, so I'm trying to really stretch my thinking here. She lives near the beach, like a coastal islandy kind of feel. We are working on her living room first, which is the first room you see as you walk in the front door. The room is used for reading, watching television, and entertaining guests. We're keeping the sofa and the lamps. We would like to replace the armchairs with more attractive ones, replace the rug, and move the white cabinet to another room. My question. We are thinking of moving the wall unit TV the the big one to the larger wall where the artwork is currently however where would the sofa go if it is parallel to and facing the tv it will block the flow of traffic to the kitchen maybe have two armchairs facing the television and move the sofa to one side perpendicular to the tv then adding another sofa perpendicular to the tv on the opposite side and getting a round coffee table instead of a rectangular one what are your thoughts uh number two is as always the rug needs to be bigger, right? Uh, three, what style of chair would you suggest replacing the armchairs? And four, suggestions for replacement chandelier in the entryway would also be appreciated. Yeah, so she's got four questions, really. Kind of wants to redo the layout of the room. And just to describe the space, like it's a really nice, big, open, light-filled space. And right when you walk in, you walk into this living area that she she wants to redesign for her sister and then that flows into a really wide open entry into the kitchen and dining area what do you think emily yeah i mean it's so just like you said liz it's it's definitely an open space and i see she has some pretty it looks like we were talking about this we think marble or marble type floors and the two cabinets she's referring to seem to be 
I would say right off the bat, they feel like they're competing a little bit with one another because they're sort of one sort of a um, television type unit and the other one's a China cabinet, but they're both kind of similar heights and, you know, the bottom is closed storage and the top is open storage, you know, one being for the television. So I would say it might be interesting since you have, the other thing that's interesting about the space is there's a lot of circulation to consider. So I'm seeing, you know, you have the front door kind of a little off to the, in the distance there. And then I also see a door opposite the kitchen. So there's, you know, you need to get to that door from that big Mm -hmm. open space to the kitchen, which I know you guys can't see, but this room is not only a room, it's sort of a pathway to multiple spaces. So I think, I mean, from what I can tell, it's always a little bit challenging to get a sense for scale, but it does seem like a nice big room. And one of the questions that I think her name is Tara had is that the rug feels maybe a little bit small for the space. And I I think I would agree it's a tight palette right now. Everything's sort of aqua blues and whites, which is really pretty, but it really, the rug sort of feels maybe a little bit too contrasted against the floor. So it, um, it is drawing attention to the size of the rug. So I would, I would probably go with something that's maybe slightly more neutral on the floor so that you don't notice as much delineation between sort of like this is the seating area and this is kind of the walking path because it's very high contrast at the moment. And in terms of like the layout, I'd be curious if the cabinet, because it isn't built in, I would wonder if something like that could be centered across from the seating area would make a little bit of sense so that it doesn't feel like the most dominant mm-hmm. item in the space. Where would you move the the media cabinet and the TV? Because right now, the way that it works, if you walked through the front door and everybody was watching the big game, you'd have to walk right in front of the TV to get yeah. to the kitchen. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there are probably multiple ways to set up this room, but that is, it appears to be your longest wall and the space in front of the TV is your pathway, like the most direct pathway. So sort of ignoring flow, that probably is the most logical place for it just because it's your long wall. But flow is definitely a consideration and you're totally right. That would be something to consider is you might block that view. But It might make sense, though, just to keep it where it is. But I wonder if something that wasn't quite as large of a like a whole unit, it may not need to be an entire unit. Maybe that would help in terms of because I think the one where the China cabinet, that wall isn't quite as big. And if you were to flip flop the space and put the sofa on the other side, then you're blocking the pathway. So and I think that's maybe a little bit of a bigger deal than occasionally blocking the TV. Mm -hmm. So, but I do think, you know, if you had a larger rug, they have these kind of ergonomic, really, I've sat in a chair like that and they're super comfortable. So maybe those could be paired together. So I think there's the possibility for a lot more seating in the space. So mm-hmm. if the if the China cabinet were to go to a different space, then I think you could maybe make an L-shaped configuration and put the two swivel chairs together. And that way you can seat, maybe you get a love seat over there or maybe an L-shaped sofa. So you get a love seat, the existing sofa, and then a pair of the swivel chairs could be a nice combination. I like that. That that becomes a little bit more of like a conversation area mm-hmm. with those two yeah, chairs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I also think neutrals can be a little tricky. So I see a lot of different whites in the space, which I think could be really successful, but there maybe isn't enough to kind of like draw it all together. So maybe with kind of a lot of textures, adding more textures, like with the neutral rug, 
you know, that might help sort of connect the dots with all these neutral choices in the space. And also, you know, it has a beach feeling, but I don't think that necessarily has to be done with color. So, you know, it could be more about texture and adding like just a little bit more about the feeling versus a direct reference to color. Yeah, like maybe it's a seagrass rug or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, adding those textures in. Or a sign that says beach that points which way it is. No. Yeah. No. no. Not a thing. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe the next house. <laughs> um, she had asked about the yeah. the uh, front chandelier as well. It's kind of a black irony ish chandelier, just to sum it up. But in this white, like you said, it's just this tall white kind of light space. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you kind of think you would put there? Yeah. I mean the. I can't get a good look at the chandelier, but I think on the same theme, I would wonder if something that provided like a little bit of texture and um, Mm -hmm. maybe a reference to the beach, like to being coastal without being like directly coastal would be nice. So something that has like a natural material could be Mm -hmm. kind of a neat choice. So less, there might be a little bit of a formality Mm -hmm. to this existing light fixture and it doesn't necessarily like I think once you remove the china cabinet it may or may not feel as formal in there so mm-hmm. maybe kind of bringing it down a notch and adding some more natural texture I think could be a nice way to introduce you to the space no it's a good point about the you know for me it was not I I could read the room and not I couldn't figure out what was wrong mm-hmm. and you speaking about even the floor being a white and there's just mm-hmm. so many whites and again it just felt yeah, like disconnected, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think help. even something like a seagrass could work, but the floors feel a little bit, like I wouldn't even mind just like a really pretty wool rug. It could just be an ivory wool rug or something, again, like those pretty textures. And I, I think that could be really pretty. I'm just repeating myself again and again. No, I, I like <laughs> um, that idea but, though, because it-, it I've the, never the done room that. Here, yeah. The room here <laughs> definitely feels like that space is defined by the rug and- mm-hmm all chairs go no, here. No, I agree. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the island, the rug island. Yeah, yeah. it is the rug yeah. island. It's tricky, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think if the rug scaled up, then the seating area would feel mm-hmm. bigger. And I think the, you know, it is coastal, like she said. So I think the maybe the china cabinet is taking away from like a, a slightly more casual vibe that the rest of the room feels like. So that could, I think, help kind of also just mm-hmm. leave more room for seating. So only, I mean, it's a three-seater sofa, so hopefully three adults would sit there, but um, likely two. So then, you you know, you can really only sit seat four people very comfortably here. So it might be kind of nice to add another comfortable love seat or chaise or something like that so that you can seat more people. Well, that's awesome. It's a gorgeous space. And mm-hmm. good yes. luck, Tara. Send us pictures Yeah, good when luck, you're done. Tara. Yes, please. Awesome. Well, Emily, let all of our guests know where you they can find you. Yeah, thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Emily C. Butler, and that's also my website. So emilycbutler.com. And um, yeah, I would love to come over and say hi. So it's, um, yes. yeah, thank you guys so you, much. Your for, work's beautiful. And your uh, Instagram again you. is all your work. So it's fantastic to scroll through there and see again these beautiful, beautiful places. So oh, thank you so much. Check I it really out. appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Emily. Yes, thank you so yeah. much.
And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!